Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to episode 246 of Geeked Out Radio. I'm back this week with. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Vex. Damn it, Vex. Hello. <laughs> Got cut out by the cat again. <laughs> and you made it, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, no sympathy. Yeah. You're, try, you're trying to troll me with sound effects and they're catching you out. You get no sympathy from me. How, How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad. It is sunny and uh, I'm taking that as a win. Yes, yes. Sunny's always good. So uh, even if we're not out in it, it's nice to have it like come through the windows at you. So uh, what have you been up to? You've been off for a couple of weeks, uh, but you've been quite busy, actually. I noticed you, you've got a regular new Sunday night stream, which is awesome. Yes, a bit of a, a, a sort of dream come true situation where one of my presenter heroes, Jason Bradbury, who was the uh, one of the creators of The Gadget Show, has asked me to be a co-host on a 80s electro break dance party uh, that he's running where we mostly talk about retro games and 80s type stuff and he does a little bit of break dancing and things and challenges because um, he is an ex-break dancer right okay um, I've, I've missed all the fun. break dancing bits to be honest uh, I've seen little bits of it and uh, I've not yet seen him do any break dancing but it's it's a really fun stream though I've been quite enjoying that and uh, he's, he's very enthusiastic and, and fun and it's good to see that I think you work well together it's a really nice I stream that. Um, yeah, but he's doing I, that on- I'm trying to hide the fact I'm sort of like just sitting there with slight imposter syndrome and vaguely <laughs> thinking the whole thing is surreal. Um, but it is it is really, really good fun. He's a, he's a top guy. And um, yeah, we're just uh, slowly, slowly, because he's never used things like Twitch before and stuff. And um, it's sort of like one of my TV heroes is asking me advice on how to do <laughs> live streaming. <laughs> so I'm a bit like, yeah, I'll teach him all the things. This is strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd think be all over something like that but it's great that you've been able to help him out and uh and yeah that, well that's he's used good. to having a broadcast crew of course he's a of he's course a yes tv celeb and uh, after that he built an enormous following on things like twitter and instagram so twitch just isn't a channel where he's particularly been active in fact he didn't have an account at all until uh just a couple of weeks ago so uh yeah but it's uh, it's coming on leaps and bounds every week so that's happening over on the jason bradbury official twitch every sunday night at 9 p.m british standard time and we're just doing an hour of fun and uh 80s-tastic retro stuff and he's also doing a daytime thing occasionally with his eldest where they're doing an electronics club <laughs> cool so teaching people little bits to do with electronics and making stuff and things, which is a really lovely resource for families to kind of watch together. Yeah. And stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool seeing all of that evolve and things. So yeah, slightly surreal and uh, yeah, slightly imposter syndrome as I'm there and like one of my heroes of TV is going like, here's this awesome person, Trista, and I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's being that's being good fun. Um, yes. Also this week I thought I best check my Mega Drive still works. <laughs> so I ended up playing a little bit of a Mega Bomberman, which is my favourite version of Bomberman, uh, not just because it's the only one I owned as a kid. Um, <laughs> and that's that's been some good fun, bit of nostalgic memories there. So always, always fun. I also watched a film called Fashion King or King of Fashion. I have to remember which way that title goes. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a Korean teenage comedy satire drama right yes it is called fashion king you're right yes yeah and it's sort of 
Uh, it, it's difficult to describe it because it's kind of parodying and sending up the parts of that society that are very based around fashion and the parts of every society that are based around hierarchies and things like that and um, sort of shining a spotlight on a sort of parodied, exaggerated version of this kind of school life in these in these sort of top class schools. And um, it sort of takes it to the extreme. So when a cool person walks in, ice follows them, you know, it's... <laughs> It has some wonderful visuals where they have kind of like the first day. There's a scene that you can find on uh, YouTube quite easily. It's a clip if you put in the Fashion King thing into, into YouTube, you'll find this one clip where it's the first day back at school. So everyone's turned up wearing their finest things to make that first impression for the yeah. year because that kind of determines your social standing for the whole year. And yeah, one guy walks in and just ice follows him. And then the hottest couple walk in and like the sun is so bright. Everyone has to put sunglasses on. And, <laughs> and this is inside, bear in mind, <laughs> Right, yes. uh, it has some wonderful visuals and and yeah, it's it's quite a fun little film. So I quite enjoyed it. It didn't quite go where I thought it was going to go to with the ending of it because it has this weird mix of kind of your standard sort of teenage drama things like does the boy notice the pretty girl or does the boy notice the girl who happens to wear glasses? That means in movie language, she's not considered as pretty, yes. slightly bookish. Um, it has all those kind of like really obvious tropes and stuff in it, but it kind of plays with them in a slightly interesting way. And right. yeah, I'd wanted to watch it. I'd wanted to watch it since I'd seen that clip of the, on YouTube of the people walking in and doing their fashion entrances. <laughs> so I sort of finally sat down and was like, right, no, I'm good. I'm going to watch this and just see what on earth the rest of this movie is like based on that clip. And uh, yeah, interesting, interesting look at, at that kind of genre. Cause I haven't seen a huge amount of Korean films that are kind of based sort of you know or targeted a little bit at sort of more the teenage younger market right okay so where's where's that if people want to go and watch it you'll have to check your streaming services in your country for that one but i think it is reasonably widely available it's on some netflix but not necessarily uk so yeah you have to check which services you've got and that and things but it's also quite easy to pick up the dvd and stuff like that so right okay um do check check that one out uh, i've also nearly finished watching picard <laughs> i have one episode left Right. What episode? I'm watching it with a friend. We phone each other and, and hit play at the same time. Yes, I remember you it. saying. Yeah. And we had we got to the point where there was one episode left and I was like, oh, and he was like, I need to go put the kids to bed. And I was like, no. Nah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still have very mixed feelings on it. Yes, that generally seems to be the reaction from quite a lot of people is they have very mixed feelings on, on what they but, did with some yeah. of the characters. Well, it's more just there's a couple of things that just don't make sense when you look at the internal kind of logic of the series. Right, yeah. I don't want to give spoilers and things away, but there's, a, there's you know, a couple of bits that happen where you're like, well, if this person can't do this, then they also couldn't do that right, kind yeah. of thing. Um, looking specifically at, uh, I don't know where everyone who's listening to the podcast is at with the series. So I don't know if I'm, I'm what, what things I'm safe to say or not, but there's a couple of bits where it's like, if this character can do this or can't do this, they definitely couldn't do this other thing. And right. then they just do the other thing and there's no explanation of why. And you're like, but this doesn't, this actually doesn't make sense just within this series, not even looking at it at a, at a kind of wider mm. Star Trek level, which I found quite confusing. And then there's, a, there's one plot point which looked like it was going to be amazing and awesome and huge and then literally they just tear it down within like five minutes right. uh, regarding yes. Seven. Right, yes, okay. <laughs> Where they're yeah. just kind of like, here's the coolest thing you've ever seen. We've shown you that now. We've got our trailer clip. We're now just not going to do that again. And you're like, I was like, what? But, but, but yes, the build up that that was that was really, really interested in where that was going to go. And then it just kind of went like, oh, that's a bit of a distraction. It looked cool, though, didn't it? Right. Let's carry on with the plot. And I was like, <laughs> ah, so. Yeah, it, it was um, a little bit strange in that regard. It almost felt like it needed an extra episode. Yes, yeah. I, I could have stood to uh, have a bit more of it. I will be very interested to see what you think of it as a whole after you've seen the final episode as well. What we maybe should do is is when you've watched the final episode, we'll come back on and we'll do an actual spoiler kind of run-through of Picard and do that with full spoiler warnings so people aren't, aren't don't get upset with us for spoiling things. <laughs> yeah, because obviously I don't want to spoil things for anyone but i'm uh, other bits of it i am i am very much enjoying so it's just it's just a weird kind of mixed yes kind of thing i feel like it's very roller coastery in, in in the way it's put together and mm. uh, maybe it's something that's still finding its feet or maybe everything's going to get wrapped up in this final episode and suddenly i'm going to look back and go oh okay you know that all makes sense now um but it's uh yeah it's 
I, I've sort of been left with a feeling through a lot of it where I'm just not quite sure if they've nailed it. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see how you react to that final episode, I think. But yeah, we'll, we'll do a kind of a full spoiler thing once you've seen everything and you've had some time to kind of sit and consider it. I think we'll, we maybe should do that. I enjoyed it. I think it, one of the difficulties with Picard is the fact that you're dealing with characters which are very beloved by people and it's the same people that sort of put together Discovery but you could get away with more in Discovery because it was pretty much all new characters mm. whereas and when they did an old character when they brought in Spock they did it really well yeah yeah and, but it was a different era of Spock that we hadn't really seen before as well so mm. you you could kind of get away with a lot more in that whereas I think it's a bit more difficult with Picard so we'll won't spoil anything now but we'll we'll do a bit more on that once you've finished watching the series I think so anything else lots and lots of um twitch streaming and uh lots yes. of going down memory lane we did a whole stream where we just went through 70s 80s and 90s tv intros yes i saw some of that i i there was a few cartoons that popped up in that which i know you didn't recognize but i was like somewhere just triggered something in the back of my memory of like oh my god i remember that so uh, <laughs> yeah uh, that was that was quite good fun there's all sorts of weird wonderful cartoons out there lots of filmation stuff and and things like that that was played over here when I was a child so because we all like because there were so many reruns and things yeah. back then much less so than I think you get now I think now mm. a lot of children's TV is just the kind of current children's TV for the most part yeah. but back then they used to sort of rerun stuff so there was a much broader age group of people that watched the same thing because obviously I, I grew up watching original Star Trek and I grew up watching The Man from Uncle and I, you know lots, yeah. of, lots of things like that and I watched a lot of 60s and 70s science fiction and things and yeah there seem to be a lot more uh, well at the moment reruns are happening on TV so maybe it's coming back again <laughs> maybe, there seems yeah. to be a lot more back then where you'd get a wider age group watching a lot of the same stuff than you do nowadays and it's quite nice to kind of be able to have like all the different people can come in and be unified by having seen quite a lot of the same stuff even if they're of different ages and yeah. that's, that's always quite good fun and I'm always discovering new things or things that I was just kind of like how did I not see this how did I not get to watch this occasionally it was because they were on like a service I didn't have access to or something mm. like that or there were weird things I watched that I had on VHS tape that I'm no idea how I got hold of them and then occasionally someone else is like oh my god I had that VHS tape <laughs> um, and there were not things that were ever broadcast on TV over here and stuff like that and um, it's always quite good fun because things like I never watched Terror Hawks as a kid right yeah but I watched all the other puppet based stuff but Terror Hawks just was not broadcast on whatever channels I happened to be watching when <laughs> I was a child so it was a weird thing where I'm like how is this piece of this just kind of of like missing from my yes memory that's one you should definitely go back through that was a great show yeah Ulysses 31 is another one ah, I would have loved that yeah. as a child how did I not see it well that's interesting because I think Ulysses 31 was a BBC show and Terrorhawks is an ITV show over here of course we only have four channels to choose from at the time <laughs> so yeah so how did I miss these things because it's yes. kind of like what on earth did Ulysses 31 clash with that I was watching on another channel I don't what know what was I doing where you know maybe this maybe it was broadcast exactly exactly at the point where I had swimming lessons or something so I never ever saw it Um, because it combines two of my favorite things in the world which is like you know ancient mythology and science fiction so when I first discovered that show I was just kind of looking at it going like I would have loved this I still would have loved this I'm (laughs) going to watch this now there's a lovely remastered version on YouTube where somebody has lovingly remastered it and discovered a a very nice clear audio track to put with it that they've they've shared up on YouTube because you can't get a proper remaster copy anywhere so they've kind of shared that up there for anyone that wants to uh, check it out or relive those memories that's very cool that would be worth checking out definitely yeah there's there's lots of stuff you discover going through those old uh, title sequences just things from your childhood like the more obvious stuff like sort of trapdoor but there's a few other things like battle of the planets i noticed you playing but you would kind of you you're more familiar with the import version than the british dub version which is the one that i know so yeah definitely and it's fun as 
well when people come over from obviously people watch Twitch from all different countries so they come over and they've watched different versions of the things you've seen or mm. had slightly different import versions and stuff like that because obviously we didn't have Robotech which was one of the things that introduced a lot of American kids to giant robot series and anime and stuff like that and that yeah. was never broadcast over here although we did I think possibly get a couple of VHSs and possibly get a couple of toys or things when we had our massive Transformer boom where they were just importing all the action like robot figures over they could yeah. um, so we would have got some Gundam figures or um, Macross yes. figures and stuff imported <laughs> over with everything else to fuel that that hype um, but yeah it is it is always interesting hearing different people's experiences and stuff and people keep sending me links to remakes of things we watched in our childhood that I didn't know happened yes yes there was There's... a remake of Reboot yes there was Yes, there was and, a remake. And, and they're not in a computer. Right. Yes. Yes. There was a remake of Reboot. I Reboot slightly passed me by, but yes, there was. I know there was a remake of that. Then, I mean, you've even got things like the, the remake of DuckTales, the new remake of DuckTales as well, which is that. Yeah, we watched the intro for that one as well. It is bizarre discovering, especially when they're bad. Re- the, the Reboot remake is terrible. It's like the Gem and the Holograms movie level of terrible missing oh the points, where it sort of looks a bit like Power Rangers and instead of them going into the computer and being computer programs Tron Star which is what Reboot is all about the original one it was all computer graphics and all the characters were computer programs trying to defend themselves from viruses and things they've made it so the programs go into the real high school world and it's Mm. like a teen drama superpower Ooh. thing and I was just and uh, I think people might have clipped my reaction to watching the trailer because there was just a lot of sitting there <laughs> going what is this oh dear yes that's an in name only <laughs> yes definitely I, I hate it when they do things like that it's terrible yeah just if you're going to do a different thing just call it a different thing yes absolutely don't don't just trade on the name that's not on at all and I don't think reboot's even that much of a name to trade on it must no. have just been really cheap probably yes <laughs> Anything else this week? That's kept me fairly busy. What have you been up to? I've actually been playing Fallout 76. Ah, To take a break from the uh, Star Trek universe. Yes, I'm taking a bit of a break from the Star Trek universe. I kind of levelled up a couple of characters, one on the Federation side and one on the Klingon side, and I was kind of played through most of the individual missions and stuff. So I was at a point where I was thinking, I'm just going to leave this for a little bit. And I realised that they'd released this thing called Wastelanders, which was a new expansion they released for Fallout 76. Now, Fallout 76, or the much maligned Fallout 76, which deservedly so at the time, I would say. If you don't know about this game, it was the latest game in the Fallout series. It's a big online version, so you can play with other people. But when they launched it, what they did was they took all the NPC characters out of the game. So the entire world was just populated by robots and it all felt a bit flat and a bit dead and not really like a proper Fallout game. What the Wastelanders expansion does is it adds all the people or a whole bunch of people back in who have sort of started to come back in search of this mythical treasure that is apparently supposed to be somewhere in this area. So you're now having the place populated by people. That's good. So they've been able to turn off the constantly playing of the specials. (laughs) Yeah. So it feels like a much more coherent game. It feels much more like a Fallout game and a much nicer world to wander around in than it did before. They've taken a similar approach to the kind of money-making bit of it, which I know people have had a bit of an issue with, as they have with Star Trek Online. Difference being that Star Trek Online is entirely free, and you can buy additional stuff if you want. Fallout 76, you have to buy the game, plus there is an online store where you can buy a lot of its cosmetic stuff. I mean, pretty much all of it is cosmetic stuff, or you can buy bits of junk that you can make other stuff out of and you do earn credits for the store in game as well but you can buy credits with real money to be able to buy cosmetic things to build with and uh, costume pieces and that sort of stuff so that is a it's a little bit irksome um but you know if they want to try and make money out of it i guess it's fine you don't have to do it it is perfectly playable once you've bought the game yourself there's not really that many restrictions on the base game either and the the expansion for wastelanders was entirely 
free, I think. So I've been wandering around that. It's actually been pretty fun. As I say, it feels far more like a Fallout game to me this time around. You can still build like big bases and stuff. There is a new sort of intro quest line which deals with people as well as having the sort of old storyline of going to locate the overseer as well, which was one of the things that you did originally i'm just sort of following it through at the moment i'm about level 15 i think of i'm not sure what it goes up to it's probably 50 or something but uh yeah i'm i'm enjoying it it's it's good fun we'll see how long it lasts and see whether the story runs out but there's there's quite a lot to do and uh as well as the all the original robot quests there are these new kind of people quests in there and you do bump into random people as you're wandering around as well so uh so that's quite good fun it is actually worth a look it does slightly irk me that it is still quite expensive to buy the game and then there is an online store which they're using to make money as well i kind of feel that if you're going to have transactions in game the game itself probably should be free or at least very cheap to buy in the first place and uh, this is still a full price game on top of the fact that there is an online store so that may bother some people but um Hey, you seem to have triggered some of your sound effects. <laughs> yes, come here. So we have a, an additional presenter this this week on the, yes. on the podcast. He's become quite noisy recently. So uh, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has yeah. opinions clearly on a Fallout seventy six. There's no yeah. cat patch edition yes. with roaming cats. Definitely has a, opinions. Um, so uh, he'll settle down in a minute, I think. So I've been playing through that, and that's been quite good fun. That's been my main game. The other things on TV side of stuff, uh, Flack came back for its second season, which I really adore that show. It's really good fun. I think it's actually all up online, so you can go and binge through it if you want. Uh, but uh, that's the Anna Paquin series based around a PR company. And uh, as somebody that's worked kind of in that sort of tangential in that kind of field I just love that show because I've dealt with PR people quite a lot and it's just very funny watching them uh, do that and uh, all the things that they manage to get themselves into and it's really well written and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying that it's just it's weird to find something like that on W Channel I think that have it and it's an original series by them it feels much more like one of those big American dramas but um, mm. it's, it's really solid and uh, well worth going to watch Manifest came back for its second season as well, which is, uh, you know, it's uh, that's the ones about the uh, plane takes off, goes missing for five years, comes back, none of them have aged, but the world's kind of moved on without them. I actually rather like that series. It's not particularly complicated. It's a fairly nice, easy, bingeable watch. Again, that's all up on Sky and uh, well worth running through the second season. If you want something that you can kind of, you know, isn't going to tax your brain too much, you can kind of put put that on and just enjoy that in the background new shows this week though uh, run i've been watching which is the uh, new series from vicky jones and phoebe waller bridge they're not actually the stars of it it's merritt weaver and uh, donald gleason are the two stars in it this is following the story of a woman who is kind of living her humdrum existence when she gets a text from an ex-boyfriend of hers that just says run and they have a deal that if she texts run back to him they meet up at a specific place at a specific time so she decides on this particular occasion she's going to text run back and it's about the adventure of them kind of meeting up and reconnecting with each other I really enjoyed the first episode of that. It's wonderful series. The writing is great. It's exactly what you'd expect from the people that brought you things like Killing Eve and Fleabag. So definitely want to go watch. It's on Sky Comedy. I think, again, that's another one that you can download as a box set as well. So uh, definitely want to go and watch. Devs, another one you can watch as a box set. That is on the uh, iPlayer. It's well worth going to watch. I've watched the first couple of episodes of that. It's from Alex Garland, who was the guy that made Ex Machina. Have you have you seen Ex Machina? Uh, I have seen it, yeah. It was one of those films where I felt like all the interesting stuff of the plot happened kind of after the end of the film. Right, yes. Uh, it was very well put together, though. Some very good acting, some very lovely effects and things like that. But it was felt to me like a prequel to a really interesting story because I just wanted to see what happened next. So 
it'll be interesting to see what they do if they're making a, a series instead and they've got um, they've got space to kind of like do a, a different format of story rather than a movie yeah well I mean Devs is a different idea to Ex Machina very much has the same feel to Ex Machina it very much feels like an Alex Garland thing it's not the same story it's about a uh, couple of coders a boyfriend and girlfriend who work for this big san francisco firm the boyfriend gets picked for the devs team which is this sort of super secret part of the organization that does all the highly experimental coding stuff he goes into devs and then disappears you actually find out in that first episode what happens to him it's not that like stretched out but it's then about the girlfriend trying to discover what happened to him so it's more although there is this kind of sci-fi element to it it's far more a kind of mystery thriller than anything else you know it it, but it has that kind of weird ethereal feel that a lot of Alex Garland's stuff does. So if you like the type of things that he's done previously, it is definitely one worth going and watching. It's on BBC Two, it's going out weekly, but it is all up on the iPlayer as well. So you can go and watch that. And the other thing I watched this week was Code 8, which I'm sure you've heard about Code 8, I suspect. I've heard a little bit about it. It has got some uh, quite interesting names attached to it. (laughs) Yes, well, Code 8 is a thing that's been kicking around for a very, very long time. It was actually a short film originally, and then it was expanded into a a full-blown movie. The two people that are pushing it and being behind it are Stephen and Robbie Amell of the Arrowverse fame, the uh, Amell cousins. It's got those two guys behind it. We actually interviewed the production designer for this a few months ago. It's directed by Jeff Chan. It's a really interesting premise, although it's not that necessary original because I mean it's the idea that there are powered people in the world and they're not treated particularly well so we've kind of seen that kind of setup in X-Men but they do it in a slightly sort of different way the idea with this is the powered people are just there they're part of society they have been quite a productive part of society you know I mean they've, they've always been there they were people that were, were used to help build the cities but a lot of them have got replaced by automation and are now finding themselves without work people have become quite scared of them so it's sort of using it pretty much as an analogy for immigration i think more than anything else in america the story centers about around robbie mel's character whose mother is quite ill because even in a slightly alternate reality americans can't perceive of the idea of a universal healthcare system so he has to try and find some money to be able to get to the treatment she needs. This ends up with him hooking up with a guy called Garrett, who is a sort of shady guy from the wrong side of the tracks, played by Stephen Amell, and he gets involved in this sort of dark underworld of people with uh, with powers. Robbie's character himself is a, what they call a class five electric, which means that he can kind of control electricity by will. And uh, they've got people that can sort of lift heavy weight, people with healing abilities and all that sort of stuff as well it's a really nicely well put together film it wasn't done on a huge budget but they've what money they have they've used incredibly well there are some really interesting ideas in there there is potential to expand it into something else after this i really enjoyed it i thought it was very solid and a really interesting idea for a sci-fi movie wasn't it funded by a crowdfunding campaign I as think well it possibly was yes i know it didn't have a particularly huge budget for it and uh, they've done an incredible job I mean the production design is lovely on it they've they've got these sort of drone things that fly out and drop robot soldiers down on the ground or robot police guys down on the ground that sort of work as backup support for the uh, human police it's really nicely put together it's a really interesting world I could definitely stand to see more based in this world even if it's not necessarily directly these characters I could certainly stand 
to see more of this world overall. And it could make a really interesting series, actually, I think. I think there was some talk of them doing a series of it, actually, but I'm not sure where that, what stage that got to. But uh, the movie itself is now up on Netflix, and in uh, Codate's definitely worth going to watch if you've not caught it yet. Uh, yeah. I, I know it's been going down quite well on Netflix. I'm curious, as someone who's not, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but I've not really seen much about it. So Stephen and Robbie ML both look like they're related to each other. <laughs> yes. That, that so is how a, does that work within the film if they're supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be strangers. I mean, yes, there is that. I mean, because they make a joke of that whenever he cameos in anything that the, the other one's in. <laughs> yes. I mean, there is that. You've just kind of got to ignore that. They're not, okay. they're not, re- they're not related in this. Uh, I mean, they are cousins in real life, but they're not related in this. And uh, yeah, that that is slightly a problem. They're just uh, two strangers that happen to really look, look similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, fair enough, fair enough. That clears that up then. <laughs> but yes, yeah. And uh, they are great together on screen as well. I mean, we've seen them before and obviously they know each other really well. So the chemistry between those two characters works wonderfully well. But um, yeah, I, it's a really interesting idea and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not the most kind of groundbreaking thing story-wise, but it's a really interesting world and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely want to go worth going to check out, I think. So uh, that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. TV and film news this week, uh, rather than delays, which is basically what we've been having the last couple of weeks, we do actually have some renewals and cancellations this week. Renewals, we've got 911 has been picked up for season four. Uh, 911 Lone Star, which is the spin-off series, has been picked up for a second season. And uh, Duncanville, which is the animated series which is running on Channel 4 over here, that's been picked up for a second season as well. 911, Ryan Murphy's procedural about the US emergency services an amazing procedural and uh, well worth watching if you've not caught it uh, Lone Star I don't know whether what that's like hopefully that's quite good I've just not seen it yet don't know when they're coming back in the UK we, we expect them to come back to Sky at some point probably over the next few months but uh, don't know about UK air dates for those yet in terms of cancellations there's a few shows which have been cancelled in America Party of Five which was that spin-off series that ran on ABC in America that's been cancelled uh, that never aired over here God Friended Me as well has also been cancelled and that never aired over here uh, the big cancellation this week though was San Diego Comic Con has been cancelled for the first time in its 50 year history I mean it was pretty inevitable it was going to happen but they finally bit the bullet and said they're going to cancel it now WonderCon which is the sort of fan connected convention as well run by them also cancelled so yeah the big one has gone uh, that is is going to be interesting to see where and how they release a lot of the stuff which would have been released at San Diego this year because I mean that's that's the sort of period where a lot of places release and show off their new stuff whether they'll do that online maybe or I don't know it's I'm yeah, gonna miss they may not- need to do some kind of live streaming because you get so many announcements and stuff that happen there and also limited edition variations of a lot of statues and collectibles and stuff are really specifically for San Diego as well and they've presumably all been manufactured and exist so presumably they will need to do some kind of online or web-based yeah. thing for everybody I mean particularly if you've got a bunch of things that are printed with like San Diego Comic Con 2020 on them when that's not happening as well yeah I wonder what is actually out there and um what they will actually do hopefully there will be some sort of online thing for that i noticed there was an announcement this morning actually that read pop the people that run ncm have launched a cosplay website apparently today as well uh called cosplay central it's cosplaycentral.com so if you're into cosplay there's uh, they've got a website 
specifically related ramp photos and stuff for that they uh, they did one called dice breaker which was a tabletop gaming one which they released i think well, last year or end of or start of this year so they've got a couple of them up there which is them trying to move some of their stuff online repop would great you know we do mcm and they do things like star wars celebration in new york comic con as well things to keep you busy while you're waiting for the comic cons to return <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about, because we're getting into this time of year where things get renewed and cancelled, there are a bunch of uh, bubble shows, which are shows that are sort of 50-50 on chances of getting renewed, which I uh, I came across. This is the bubble show list that we have so far. Um, interesting selection, actually. SWAT, apparently, isn't doing particularly well for CBS, so that's a bubble show. The Rookie on ABC, and uh, of course that runs on Sky over here with SWAT. The Resident, apparently not doing great. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Prodigal Son, Manifest, Stumptown, Bull, Good Girls, MacGyver, the new Lincoln Rhyme series, Emergence, Mixed Dish, Katie Keenan, Schooled. Apparently all those are on the sort of 50-50 could go either way list. Anything out of there that you know or you would like to see come well, back? I know that you are a big fan of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yes, Yes, both me and Matt are huge fans of that. It's brilliant, that show. Yeah, so I'm kind of rooting for that on your behalf, even though I don't particularly like musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a wonderfully fun show that uh, Matt actually gave it some high praise recently, saying that um, it's his new The Good Place. So uh, in terms of a sort of feel-good, fun show that just gives you a nice feeling to sit down and watch, it is very much that sort of thing. I, I really enjoy that show. The Rookie, I'd be very sad to see go because i think that's a solid procedural that's nathan filliam's procedural manifest i think was on the uh, the bubble list last year as well and still made it through so it's going to be interesting to see what makes it out this year particularly as the you know with the way the virus is affecting things it may be a lot easier for networks just to renew the shows that they already have rather than trying to shove new premieres on where not only if you've got to set up for the new show as well as kind of up and running from scratch. Whereas if you go, okay, we're going to renew the rookie for a new season, you've got everything in place already. So in theory, yeah, you, you also stop from... a riot from Nathan Fillion fans after well, lockdown yes, as well, if you renew it now. So yes. it's a public safety order. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting to see MacGyver on there. I actually, I mean, although that's technically on a on a bubble list, I don't see that getting cancelled because it, it's part of that procedural verse that they have at CBS and they've already lost to Wi-Fi this year. So I kind of think MacGyver's probably going to be okay out of that. Emergence, like I say, could go either way. And we rather thought that that was going to be the case when it was announced because it had that sort of one season show written all over it. But we'll see. Uh, that's launching very soon in the UK. So we'll have to look. Same with Stumptown, also an BC show, so we'll have to see with that. A few new trailers dropped this week as well. Uh, one for Penny Dreadful City of Angels, which uh, stars Natalie Dormer amongst many other people. Have you, did you watch any of Penny Dreadful, the original series? I don't know whether that was I your I didn't. Story. My mum was a big fan of it, though. Right. <laughs> so she watched it, and it was on my list of things to watch after the things I really wanted to watch list was finished, sort of, if that makes any sense. But now I know Natalie Dormer's in the next one, I might look it up. Yes, I thought that might pique your interest. The cast actually is is superb for this. It's uh, Rory Kinnear in it as well. It's got Natalie Dormer plays a supernatural demon in it. So, you know, that's worth Even looking better. out for. Uh, Nathan Lane is uh, one of the lead characters as well, him from the producers, and he's been in Modern Family and The Good Wife and other things as well. Daniel Zavato, who I don't particularly know, but was in Fear the Walking Dead, is the other main lead. Yeah, those, those are probably the bigger names that people may know. Oh, Ethan Peck in there as well who of course played Spock in Star Trek and Piper Parabo who was uh, well probably best known for Coyote Ugly rather than uh, anything else and she was in Covert Affairs so there's a few interesting names oh Brett Spiner as well Data from Star Trek he's also in there so Yes, there's an interesting mix of people. And uh, there is a trailer up on the website if you want to go watch that. But it's a, it's a sort of a spiritual successor is what they're calling it. So it's not in any way directly connected to the first one. And it's set in Los Angeles. But um, it looks like it could be quite good and have the same sort of vibe as the original, even though it's not directly related. So there's that. There is a trailer for that up there. They released a trailer for uh, Perry Mason, which stars Matthew Reese from The Americans, which is coming to HBO and 
and Sky Atlantic in June. This is a, a remake of, well, not so much a remake, it's a retelling because the original Perry Mason was based on books and it was a TV show as well. But uh, this is sort of going back to the source material and making it based on the books as well. About a, a detective, it's set again in Los Angeles in a sort of historical Los Angeles in 1932. So uh, whilst the rest of the country is in the middle of a depression, Los Angeles is kind of booming because it's the start of the talking pictures and the Olympics were there that year. So Los Angeles is actually doing quite well. Perry Mason is is this low-rent private detective living paycheck to paycheck. He's suffering from sort of war experiences and a broken marriage. And then there's a child kidnapping that draws him into this big conspiracy. But again, this has got a great cast along with Matthew Reese, uh, the wonderful and amazing Tatiana Maslany is uh, in there playing Sister Alice. So uh, you can see her in there. She's from Orphan Black. And uh, John Lithgow is also in there as well. And Chris Chalk, who is in Gotham, he played Lucius Fox in Gotham. That's a, a really solid cast that they've got for that. And that's a HBO series. So you know the quality is going to be good. I know it's not really your sort of thing, but uh, Tatiana's Maslany, I thought that that might kind of... Uh, yeah, she's an incredible actress. I've never been a huge Perry Mason fan. No. Um, it just means more people are going to tell me I look like her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> you do. Uh, <laughs> I wish I did. Carry on. <laughs> uh, there was also a trailer for this new interactive episode of um, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. They're doing much like the, uh, was it Bandersnatch, the interactive Black Mirror yep. episode that they did. They're, yep. they're doing an interactive episode of Kimmy Schmidt as well, which is going up fairly soon. So they released a trailer for that. I've watched a couple of episodes of Kimmy Schmidt and it's one of those that I kind of feel I really should go back and watch the whole thing because I think I'd rather enjoy it but um, yes there's, there's an interactive episode of that coming up and uh, Peacock which is NBC Universal's new streaming service released a whole bunch of trailers uh, one for Brave New World which is this new version of Brave New World they're making one for Saved by the Bell Punky Brewster and the uh, Psych 2 movie as well so they're all up on the website Brave New World looks pretty good I think Saved by the Bell actually looks better than I thought it would they seem to have moved it from being a studio filmed multi-camera sitcom-y kind of live audience thing to being a single camera more in the vein of something like Modern Family or you know Curb Your Enthusiasm you know so that so it's a it's that sort of no laugh track single camera comedy rather than the sort of Big Bang Theory done in a studio in front of a live audience thing which is how the original was interesting kind of tack they seem to have taken with this new version of Saved by the Bell and it, it does show in that trailer I think it, it actually looked quite a lot better than I thought it might Brave New World I thought looked quite good as well I don't know whether you've been and watched any of these I haven't seen any of these I didn't even know they were remaking Saved by the Bell it just gives me flashbacks to the original which I found really really irritating <laughs> the first one I wasn't a fan of Saved by the Bell the original series it, I just I just found the whole thing to be very just loud and colourful and frustrating Yes, the remake of it, it's got some of the original cast in it, but it's sort of more... Presumably playing the parents of the new characters? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely playing the parents <laughs> of the Otherwise new characters. Otherwise we'd be going down like into sort of Greece territory, wouldn't we? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, no, they are playing the parents. It's not all of the original cast, it's some of the original cast. They are playing the parents of some of the kids. But like I say, the fact that they've switched it from a multicam to a single cam comedy and taken the live audience out, seems to have rather changed the tone of it, which I think is probably for the best. I think they're aiming it at not only kids, I think it's rather more aimed at people that remember Safe by the Bell from back in the day. And it's, so it's aiming it more at kind of old fans just as much as it is potentially at new ones as well. Brave New World looks really good as well. This is Alden Ehrenreich. He's one of the leads in it, playing John the Savage, who is a outsider that... Uh, discovers these two people that come from the the big city the big city in brave new world is basically a world where everything 
everything seems lovely and fluffy and there's all peaceful apart from the fact that the populace are basically drugged to remain happy and there is a sort of strict class system that you can't kind of move out of harry lloyd and his wife character end up going out into the sort of wild lands the savage lands and uh, they get into trouble they meet a guy called john the savage played by eldon ehrenreich and he ends up coming back with them and um, chaos ensues once they get back to new london so uh, that's that's the sort of pretty much setup of it harry lloyd was um viserys targaryen that's probably where you were known for from uh more than anywhere else uh, Jessica Brown Finlay plays his wife she was in Downton Abbey Elden Ehrenreich was uh, Han Solo in Solo he's probably where most people know him from as well so that's got a pretty solid cast the trailer for that looks pretty decent as well I think this is the first time they've done a, a regular TV series of it they've been kind of movie adaptations and stuff but uh, it's written by David Weiner, who wrote Homecoming and The Killing and Grant Morrison and Brian Taylor who were the people behind the wonderfully bizarre are happy so that's a kind of interesting combination for the people writing it i think so i wonder if that sparks your interest well the names of the writers definitely does yeah i was interested to to watch the, the trailer for it anyway but now i'm doubly so yeah so there is a, a little trailer they're not very long they're about 30 seconds all these trailers but there is a trailer for that up on the website if you want to go and check that out in terms of other things little story which i put in just because of the name uh hbo max which is the HBO streaming service, has ordered a dog grooming competition called Hot Dog, <laughs> uh, which follows three dog groomers facing off a, in a full head-to-tail creative competition showcasing canine breeds of all kinds. The person that decided to name that Hot Dog really deserves a pay rise, I think. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> and the world needs more floof and, and happiness at the moment, so why not a show about making dogs cute? Yes, absolutely. So, yes, drag race, but with dogs and less drag if that makes sense I don't know. I've seen what they do to poodles. Yes, that that is true as well. They've also announced that uh, Sky Documentary, Sky Nature and the rebranded Sky History will all launch on Wednesday, the 27th of May on Sky and Now TV. So uh, Sky Documentary, Sky Nature, two new channels. Sky History is basically the history channel with Sky stuck in front of it. Sky Nature is going to be a bunch of things like the Attenborough documentaries, the Sky Attenborough documentaries. They're also buying in some other documentaries. Sky Documentaries, it's Self. A couple of interesting things up on there. There's Millions, which is launching on the 27th. This is the sounds like a brilliant story of a gaming scam that lasted over a decade. It's uh, to do with. Do you remember the the McDonald's um, yes, Monopoly, the Monopoly game? Yeah. The Monopoly game, and somebody found a way of scamming that, and they did this for like a decade of scamming. Yeah, that. I didn't realise it was a decade's worth of scamming. I thought it was just something that went on for a year or so. No, it was apparently they did it for over a decade. So. Um, that I think will be fascinating to watch but that's called McMillions that's launching on the 27th uh, on the 11th of June there is uh, Hillary which is a, a intimate portrait of Hillary Clinton and uh, there's Wu-Tang Clang of Mikes and Men is also on there that's on the 24th of June they're launching that which is a sort of background thing about the Wu-Tang Clang their careers and uh, in- reflective interviews of the nine living members and stuff so if you're a fan of that that would be one to watch but uh, they're all, all three of those channels are well the two new channels and the rebranded sky history are launching on the 27th of may if you want to go and catch those disney plus has set a date of june 12th uh, for artemis fowl which we mentioned a few weeks ago that is the movie which was going to be released in theaters but is um, now going to be released directly onto disney plus because you can't release anything in theaters at the moment so june 12th if you want to catch artemis fowl on disney plus and uh, the other thing just because it's been in the news a lot i wanted to mention it i haven't actually watched any of this yet but have you heard of this too hot to handle on netflix oh you can't log into netflix without it aggressively playing the trailer at you and it makes me want to smash my screen (laughs) i'm not i'm not even gonna (laughs) everyone's entitled to enjoy whatever content they enjoy but this is one of those shows that um makes me want to to teach my laptop how to fly out of the window (laughs) when i live quite high up that's all i'm saying um but it, it, it I, I don't think I could watch this without no. uh, losing my mind. I'm sure there's people out there who are going to absolutely love watching these people get into arguments and not be able to cope with somewhat ridiculous situation they've been put in. Because it's uh, if anyone knows things like Love Island, it's it's along these 
kind of lines, but they've tricked them into being there. And then they tell them immediately that they are not allowed. They've picked people who specifically have said that their interests involve certain activities and then they're not allowed to do those activities or they'll be, uh, they'll get no money, basically. Yeah, they'll yeah. get no prize. But I mean, what, what I find interesting about it is I mean, as I say, I've, it's not my sort of show. It's not something I, I watch. I do rather love the twist of it is because it's basically a bunch of pretty vapid people that are shoved together on an island, which basically sounds very much like Love Island. What I love is the fact that they go through the entire first episode without actually telling them the rules of them being there. They think it's just a Love Island show where they're, they're all there to get off with each other. And at the end of the very first episode, apparently they drop the bombshell that any form of intimate contact will reduce the price fund. So, okay, so it reduces the price fund for everyone, not just themselves. Yes. Right, that's the bit I'd uh, obviously blocked out and am I attempting to not watch this trailer, which literally plays every time I log into yes. to Netflix. Yeah. So so that's that's the twist to it. it. It is essentially it's set up like Love Island, except for the fact that, you know, they give them the whole of the first episode, however long that is, you know, whether that's a day or a week or whatever it is in episode time. But they give them the whole of that to kind of get interested in each other and and work out who they're kind of interested in and who they want to partner up with. And then tell them at the end of that episode that in actual fact, if any form of physical contact will result in the prize fund being reduced uh which i i just think is genius and uh i kind of love that there's a twist on that it's one of those things that i'm not sure you could do a second season of because the people that would be getting involved would then know what the twist is so as a sort of social experiment as a one-off it works quite well i just don't think it's got legs to be able to do it again but uh i just thought if you're into things like love island this might be a kind of interesting one for you to go and watch as i say not my sort of show at all and not something i'm probably going to be, be watching but it is there if you uh, haven't heard of it and it's called too hot to handle if you uh, have netflix and want to go and check that out on to some bigger news stories hbo max has greenlit three new dramas from jj abraham's bad robot and one of them is a Justice League Dark live action series. They've also got a series based on The Shining as well, as well as an original J.J. Abrams show. Uh, there have been rumours floating around for a while that there was a Justice League Dark series on the cards. The thing is, we don't know anything more about it than that, other than the official statement saying it's a major series based on the DC characters in Justice League Dark universe. And saying the DC characters based in Justice League Dark doesn't really narrow it down much because you've got people like anybody from like Constantine, Swamp Thing, Zantana, Doctor Fate, Dead Man, Wonder Woman's even been in there. You've got people like uh, Detective Chimp, Man Bat, Phantom Stranger, Man and Xanadu. Any particular lineup you'd like? to see from this i'm more just curious as to what they've managed to get the rights to include with this one and who exactly they're gonna aim it at because justice league dark is reasonably niche and we've seen quite a few series sort of popping up things like titans and stuff that have been really hit and miss and haven't really drawn in a wider audience so how are they going to frame justice league dark if they're not using justice league as a jumping off point for mm. it i'm interested yeah. i mean I'd, I'd like to see i mean the thing is is that we had like unconnected to series but we quite like for Constantine and, and Swamp Thing and stuff like that. So they're picking up characters that have been shown reasonably recently by other people on TV that mm. were quite liked as well. Um, so I don't, I don't know. And also where, we, you know, things like Dr. Fate and, and people and Satana, reasonable amount of budget required. Yeah. Um, I'm unconvinced they'd go with Detective Chip or Man Bat, just again, because it just instantly increases your budget for every episode they're in by, a, you know, a zero. Yeah. Um, I was quite surprised that that one was kind of going forward um, rather than, sort of like a lot more obvious choices are widely known characters and series to sort of put onto the screen um so yeah i shall watch that one with with some curiosity i think to see how it goes forward because we keep seeing people picking up some of the i guess slightly lesser known to the general public dc teams and characters mm. with really mixed results and um yeah i'd be curious to see if uh, maybe abrams is the one who can who can get one of those teams right yeah i mean hbo max he's already got a green lantern series on the cards as well, which is from Belanti, so that's going to be part of the the sort of Belanti verse thing. And uh, we don't know whether he's going to move any characters over from the the wider Arrowverse into that yet, but it seems like that may be a possibility. Uh, this is obviously going to be a separate thing to that because it's J.J. Abrams' bad robot making it. 
having said that, I think there would be riots if they put Constantine in this and it isn't Matt Ryan because he just is Constantine at this point for most people. Having played it on now two completely separate shows that were on completely separate networks in the US as well. And he voiced the uh, cartoon as well, I believe. Yes, and he voiced the cartoon. I, I would like to see them do Constantine with Matt playing that and I'd like to see them reuse the Swamp Thing production work that they did for that Swamp Thing series because I thought mm. the version of Swamp Thing they had there was brilliant and uh, that series itself actually is pretty good and it was such a shame that they decided not to continue it but uh, the DC Universe Swamp Thing would be quite good to put in and it would be nice to see him and Constantine together on screen I get what you're saying about Detective Chimp that would be difficult because it does massively increase the budget Mambat there is a version of Mambat who uh, can control how he transforms so and just make him mostly in human form yeah so you could actually do that and, and make him mostly in human form and, and have him switch so that would be doable just have him be a sinister shadow with wings occasionally for budget <laughs> yeah. saving reasons and but, also you know good good visual <laughs> yeah um, and but of course we're talking about budgets and then it, it is I mean it's HBO Max not direct HBO but it is still HBO so mm-hmm. I mean it's not like they're going to be that short of money to do, yeah. do stuff because well, Swamp Thing was cancelled primarily because it was too expensive to, to run the idea of then using Swamp Thing in with a menagerie of other very expensive characters yeah. uh, makes me wonder how long they could actually run that for if you did it as a limited series maybe but if you want to do it as a long running thing I'm assuming they'll go for people that are slightly cheaper to uh, put on the screen like Possibly. Constantine and um, Zatanna if she's not feeling too magic-y and uh, yeah I guess a version of man bat that's shy <laughs> yes i mean the, the problem with the swamp thing series was the swamp set itself was incredibly expensive to maintain mm. i think if you actually take him out of that context and you're using swamp thing as the guy in the costume and you're using that separately Just have him sit in the local cafe you yeah know. exactly um <laughs> I, I think if you're if you're doing it outside of the swamp which mm. it would be for something like this so you're not having to re- keep or use a big swamp set like that. That might actually not be so bad. So, and it would be a way of reusing the costumes and stuff that they already have put together. Yeah, because they put a lot of work into something. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that that's maybe a possibility. But there is a huge, huge amount of characters that you could pick from for Justice League Dark. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see who they choose and what gets pulled together for that. The other series, there are three in total. Uh, Overlook is another one which is actually based on uh, Stephen King's The Shining and and the Overlook Hotel. So they're talking about it being something similar to the way Bates Motel was kind of a prequel to Psycho. They're looking at creating Overlook as a sort of prequel to The Shining as a TV series. It's got the people from Castle Rock, behind it because Bad Robot were involved in Castle Rock which was also a Stephen King kind of menagerie of Stephen King's stuff wedged together it looks like they're they're in talks with the co-creators of Castle Rock as being the uh, people writing this as well or certainly sort of setting it going I'm not sure how necessary this is but you know if you're into Stephen King horror this is an area that maybe they haven't done yet because they did a sequel thing didn't they I think recently there was a a movie that was uh, you McGregor I think starred in which was a sort of sequel to The Shining so uh, you know prequel TV series might be worth a go and the third series is called Duster and it's a completely original story from J.J. Abrams and Latoya Morgan who wrote on Into the Badlands and The Walking Dead he's set in the 1970s it's a series that follows a gutsy getaway driver from a growing crime syndicate whose life goes from awful to wildly stupidly dangerously awful so um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, take of that what you will. That That is, uh, I, I don't know, a thing set in the 70s about a getaway driver with J.J. Abrams being one of the writers for it. He does nostalgia things quite well. I think that could be kind of interesting. Limited description to be able to work out exactly what that's going to be, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. The only issue for us is that the HBO Max shows aren't included in the Sky HBO deal, so we don't know when or where we may get them. I mean, 
mean, we don't know when they're likely to launch, actually, but it's probably going to be 2021 because everything's still shut down at the moment in terms of making things in the US. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll appear on Sky. They could appear anywhere, but we'll, we'll see what happens with those shows. But um, I think Justice League Dark One does look extremely interesting. Moving on, Disney Plus has launched a new eight-part docu-series of The Mandalorian, and it's going to be released on Star Wars Day, which, of course, is May 4th. If you're a fan of The Mandalorian, then there's uh, Disney Gallery The Mandalorian, which is, a, again, a terrible title. Uh, they're not great at titles. I mean, it's like High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, which is still <laughs> the worst title of any TV show I've ever, ever seen. I think I mean, they know with this that they can call it whatever they like and we're all still going to watch it. Yes. Uh, no, they could just put an arrow at it and go, show about thing you like. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Disney Gallery The Mandalorian, it's called. It's John Favreau showing behind the scenes stuff of how the show was made and uh, pulls back the curtain on the Mandalorian and exploring different facets of the live action series through interviews never before seen footage and roundtable conversations I mean it's going to be on there on May 4th uh, I'm sure it'll be hugely popular I think that's the same day or week that all the episodes will be out in the UK finally also May 4th is going to be the very very ever final last episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars as well is that when that's going to land for everybody because we'll have caught up to the US by then as well I think it's another thing worth getting Disney Plus for definitely um, have you watched any more of The Mandalorian yet if you had a chance I don't have Disney Plus at the moment so I've not seen any more of it it is on my list of things I would like to watch and I love anything that's to do with behind the scenes stuff especially if they're going to go into the costumes and effects and yeah. and, and things like that that's definitely something I'd like I like watching anyway regardless because um, that stuff fascinates me so I think it's cool that they are putting together shows like this that are going to give us a bit more of a look behind the curtain of how they made them yeah I mean I've seen a few background shots and what amazes me is the amount of stuff that looked like it was outside in this and they actually shot it indoors and you really wouldn't have known so I'm really intrigued to see how that process came together as well but uh, yeah May 4th for that if you want to go and watch that on Disney Plus and sticking with the sort of Disney adjacent things Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have announced that the final season where they were meeting a character from Agent Carter Enver Jokai who played Daniel Souza in Agent Carter uh, he was an agent with the uh, Strategic Scientific Reserve uh, on Agent Carter is going to reprise his role as a guest star during the final run of S.H.I.E.L.D. apparently Agent Carter of course set in the 1940s whereas the uh, slight spoiler for the end of season 6 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. there were time travelly stuff going on and they end up in 1931 so that's where they end up at the, at the end of the last season if you've forgotten that so that's basically how they kind of meet him but that what's going to be kind of interesting is this is going to be a version of Daniel Souza prior to the version that we've seen previously because this is sort of nine years beforehand or ten years beforehand so um, I wonder if they're going to use this as a sort of setup for this is how he gets involved in the first place I wonder if they're going to do it that way but uh, anyway is that that's sort of interesting and uh Enver Jokai is a wonderful actor and I'm very happy to see him back on there and uh, could be quite good. I mean, they've not said whether we might see any Peggy Carter in there, but I'm, I'm guessing she might be busy at the moment or something. But uh, gives them an excuse to be able to do stuff like that, which could be quite good fun, I think. I'm quite behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point, to be honest. I'm, I'm like several series is behind. Right. So do you reckon it's worth me catching up? Yeah, I do, actually. I think it's it's not particularly brain taxing, most of that, but it is well worth watching. It's funny and well written, definitely. I enjoyed the last few seasons of that. So uh, there are a lot of spaceships in the later seasons as well. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Oh, now I'm sold. <laughs> so, you know, definitely worth watching. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Now let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We have uh, Manhunt Deadly Games, which is the second season of Manhunt. It's coming to Stars Play. The first season, I think, went out on netflix over here and that was about the unabomber this one is about the events of a deadly terrorist attack at the 1996 olympic games so uh it's a anthology series essentially that, that just follows the fbi manhunts in a sort of dramatic fashion this one's coming to stars play that's on the 23rd of april that is there if you want to go and watch that 
Blacklist Season 7, that's finally returning to Sky 1. That's on 23rd of April at 9pm, and uh, that's great, that show, if you want to watch it. Gangs of London, which is a new show about, well, gangs in London, essentially. It's modern-day gangs in London. Coming to Sky Atlantic, it's a Sky original. That's on the 23rd of April at 9pm as well. 24th of April, the utterly brilliant Afterlife is returning. That's Ricky Gervais' show. First season of this, cannot recommend it highly enough. It's incredible, the first season of this. And uh, second season comes on 24th of April to Netflix, so go and watch that. Defending Jacob, which is a uh, new miniseries coming to Apple TV+. Plus. That's on the 24th of April. That stars Michelle Doherty and uh, Captain America himself, Chris Evans. That is a gripping character-driven thriller based on the uh, 2012 New York Times best-selling novel of the same name. You've got uh, Last Kingdom Season 4. That comes to Netflix on the 20th. 6th of April and Normal People which is a 12 part adaptation of Sally Rooney's international literary phenomenon Normal People that's a mini series coming to BBC3 on the 26th of April on iPlayer so go and check that out and that's everything unless you've got anything else you want to mention no just everybody to generally take care of themselves and stay in and all of the normal advice that we need to give and uh, yeah use this opportunity to play all of the computer games yes do that and uh, if they want to catch you where can they catch you i can be found as trista bites spelt b-y-t-e-s because i thought i was being funny over on facebook twitter and instagram i also have four and a half years worth of content up on youtube and i twitch stream pretty much daily sometimes twice a day hopefully just to stop everybody including myself from going stir crazy we talk about comic books movies games and all the normal geek chatter over on twitch.tv slash trista bites yes so go and check that out over there and of course the sunday night stream which is on uh, jason Bradbury official you can go and check that out there as well on Twitch. Matt, of course, you can also find over on Entertainment Talk. If you're into your podcast and you want to go and hear a lot of new podcasts, you can go and find them over on there as well as ours as well. Uh, you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on Instagram at geektown. UK. Spec said, keep safe, wash your hands, phone your elderly relatives, make sure they're okay, they don't need anything. Have a good week and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 